NRL Fantasy time once again. The round six team lists have dropped. My name's Chris Kennedy. Dom Brock joins me to discuss all the ins, the outs, the highs, the lows. Couple of monster scores on the weekend and more injuries. Pretty much standard fantasy fare at this point. Yeah, we're struggling in the centres these days, aren't we? Um, Kurt Capel's the big one this week, but there's been a lot of centres who have uh, come and gone this uh, season, if only we had four trades available again this round, like we mm. did a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, still some very big scorers, as uh, as we'll get to in a sec. Yeah, centers great. And I bought Shibasaki and got no use out of him, then sold him. Bought Capewell, got one game and three points out of him. Now I've had to sell him as well. Yep. So disasters everywhere. Let's get stuck into some team lists. We do start off with the Newcastle Knights who host the Broncos at Gosford on Thursday night. Uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon finally back from a hemi injury. No massive fantasy implications there. Brady Jones drops out of the side. Um, what do you got for uh, the Newcastle Knights? Well, there's plenty happening um, both in terms of money makers and scorers these days at the Knights. They uh, were beaten by Melbourne last week, but still had some big scores. Um, Andrew McCulloch is making a ton of tackles since moving there from Brisbane, uh, 69 and 68 in his last two games. Uh, in terms of points, um, he's making a lot of money as well. His price dropped at the start of the year. Um, last year was a below average season for him as well. So uh, if he keeps making 50 tackles a game, scoring 50 and upwards, he's going to make a lot of uh, money, even though he does cost, what, 620-something at the moment. Uh, Caitlin Ponga, obviously, big target at fullback, made 50-something. Kurt Mann's making a ton of cash. The Feedy Brothers are making heaps of money. Uh, and Bradman Best got another try. It's what, five tries in three games. Mm. Uh, score of 30, 46, which is absolutely fine for a centre, so uh, he's still going strong. Storming Canberra in those three games as well. So you'd have to think, with, yeah. uh, how's the Knights uh, draw looking? They've got Brisbane this week who've uh, been conceding a, a few points. So Absolutely. Could be some more on the way. Um, anything really trade-wise happening? Are people talking about Pierce as a bit of a cut what cut price key? Yeah. Carlick, a few people want to jump on. I think they're the big two. Um, the guys like Kurtman, you've probably missed in terms of uh, making money. Well, um, Pongazor is a keeper. Yeah, Pierce probably bottomed out, got 55 on the weekend. Um, I think a couple of 50s recently and, and McCulloch, yeah. Um, not that anyone is short of hookers these days, but if you want another one, McCulloch is uh, is pretty good value. Let's hook on the Broncos, who are so close to getting a win against Manly and um, just got pipped. A uh, couple of reinforcements inbound. Alex Glenn back from a calf cut. Tavita Pingo Jr. back from a suspension, both in the second row. Um, Corey Oates reverts to the back line with uh, Katoni Staggs, adding to the centre headaches with his hammy strain, probably four to six-ish mm. weeks on the sidelines for him. Fair bit going on here. Not even worth really talking about Payne Haas, who um, just is an absolute monster and should be in everyone's team. But um, what, are, what are the talking points? Yeah, absolutely. Set and forget Captain Payne Haas, another 83 points in 80 minutes. Um, astounding stuff from uh, the young prop. Otherwise, Corey Pakes, 35 last week, which is fine for his price. We were spooked a little bit when Isaac Luke uh, was announced as Brisbane's new signing. Um, uh, he's not there at all, is he, in the 17 this week? The, um, he's in the extended the bench, Jersey 18. But I think we're expecting yeah. him to come in. So whether he just Off takes, bench, maybe. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, come in on the the interchange and take, I guess, half an hour off Corey, which um, wouldn't be that dissimilar to what's been happening anyway. With um, absolutely, mm. yeah, yeah. So don't expect too many big changes there. If Pake still makes thirty points a game, that's fine for making um, 
making some money as a, as a cash cow. Otherwise, what have we got? Carrigan still going strong. Decent I best, I think. There. 62. That was pretty decent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Izako, for anyone who still has him, got a decent it's score. Well. Um, yeah. yeah. They're going to have to get some more wins. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. He's oh, yeah. Hoping to get one more game out of him, but down in Jersey, twenty-one. He's still in the squad, but he's now. You'd have to think a long way off first grade with, you know, Ben Teo taking up one of those bench spots and Pangai and, and Glenn both back and Fafita getting close. And Corey um, Oates now in the mix as a second row as well. Yeah, although he's back on the wing as we probably expected. Um, this week. Um, second game, the Rabbitohs and the Warriors at Bankwest Stadium. Um, Rabbitohs, very good for probably the first half an hour against the Titans, took their foot off the gas a little bit. Uh, Team-wise, actually unchanged. James Roberts still not in that 17, but talking point probably around Latrell Mitchell, who dropped an absolute truckload of cash at the start of the season as he was feeling his way into fullback, but um, filled his boots against the Titans. Absolutely. So he'd had a good score the week before, um, and then a lot of people jumped on board uh, after he dropped $164,000 on his starting price, and uh, it turned out to be a great buy. 74 points, three assists, a try uh, was fantastic, making a lot of tackle breaks in the last couple of games as well, which is what you want uh, from a fantasy fullback. So yeah, he's a dual position center and winger fullback, so uh, definitely an option to replace Capel or whoever you've got in the centers, um, Stags or any of these injured guys. So really interesting option. If you buy him now, it's it's as a keeper, I think. But mm. the fact he can cover both positions, it's very promising. He has had some quiet games as well earlier on this season. So there's a bit of risk there, but a lot of upside if it, if it works. Mm. I mean, still only 60 metres for the game against the Gold Coast. Yeah. So when he got the ball, he was damaging, but he still wasn't sort of trucking it up a, a great deal. He's- He's not at all the in the Tedesco mold of mm. just 200 metres a game and, the two of us and passing tackles the world, yeah. Um But he can set up tries, you know, and get huge scores like Tommy Turbo came once in a while. So, yeah. you know, certainly as a centre, I think he's a decent option. I'm thinking about him this week. I don't know if I'll go there, but a lot of people will buy him. And his break even's quite low, so I can see why. Yeah, it is. Like, I'm not sure I can justify it for the, the price tag. Um, he did... I know it's only the Titans. He actually scored well against Melbourne the week before, so maybe he can keep it up. But, um, yeah, interesting one. Mm. Um, they take on the Warriors, who have a few fantasy-relevant players. Uh, no changes, although uh, David Fusatua is getting close. He's out of quarantine and in the reserves. Ignatius Parsi also there, potentially a chance of coming to the 17 at some point. Um, the two young guns, Celiasa Katar and Jermaine Tanoa-Brown, just making heaps of cash. Absolutely. Another try for Katoa on the weekend. He got 66, um, I think averaging 50 for the season. So uh, no need to looking at look at selling those guys just yet for a few more weeks. Um, Tohu Harris is also going great playing uh, uh, at, at lock, I think. 69, 74, 62, last three games. A couple of, I think, 40s before that. So um, definitely up there with the keepers. There's a lot of guys these days, middle forwards, who are scoring great. So he's yeah. going to go under the radar, I think, at the moment. Yeah, there's probably, if you're going to splash out on Torhu Harris, you're probably more likely to go for a, um, 
I don't know, like an Isaiah Yeo or an Angus Crichton or a right. couple of other guys we're probably going to talk about in a little bit. Um, that's probably about covers it for the Warriors. Otherwise, let's move ahead to the Panthers, who we just touched on. Um, Dylan Edwards returns at fullback. Caleb Akins is out of the team. Um, Kurt Capewell, damn you, is out for 10 weeks. Um, <laughs> Liam Martin into the starting side for him. Um, other than the um, savage Capewell news that really hurts a lot of people, there's um, probably a few other talking points as well. Yeah, so Capel's obviously a sell. He's quite pricey, so you can afford to get a decent uh, replacement. And the other thing, um, Jerome Luai's minutes dropped, as we predicted last week, um, with Matt Burton replacing him for the last 15 minutes or so off the bench. I'm guessing that's going to happen again this week. I don't know. At some point, you would think Ivan Cleary needs to make a call on which one plays and yeah. leave the other one out altogether. So. Um, but for the meantime, low ice break even still fairly low. So teens, I think. Urgent sell this week. Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, we, we sort of said, how are they going to get Burton into the game? And basically, it's going to be tough if the game's close and there's no injuries, which is what happened, which resulted in Burton not getting a lot of minutes. But if um, it's a blowout either way, you'd think Burton comes on earlier, which is potentially yeah. even worse for. Um, for Luai so um, like you said not a sell this week but probably will be next week uh, especially if Burton's either around or or takes his spot altogether Um, Isaiah Yo just absolutely beasting and I still can't quite fathom he's gone from a career best season of 47 to averaging what almost 70 through five rounds yeah 66 again on the weekend yeah there's a bunch of middle forwards and hookers who are suddenly doing uh, tons of work. I mean, the difference with him and Alex Twyla is they're both playing 80 minutes in the middle these days, which not many players uh, have done traditionally or in the last few years. So um, a lot of work there and that plus the, the higher speed of the game or the more tackles that everyone's fitting in each game means their scores are, uh, are massive. So well done if you've got those guys. If you don't, they're going to be hard to afford in the short term. So um, do some budgeting, I guess. Uh, Coruscant still killing it as well at, at hooker. Yeah. yeah, keeper scores from Coruscant. Uh, Nathan Cleary, a bit underwhelming first game back. He was yeah. um, probably okay without the demerits. He was 18 demerits. What a, eight missed what tackles. A tackles. Yeah. yeah. I assume he's just rusty after a couple of weeks off and a bit of um, you know unwanted attention away from the field, criticism and whatever. So I assume he'll bounce back soon, although it's not an easy game this week against uh, against Melbourne. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be holding him if I had him. Speaking mm. of the Storm, um, pretty much unchanged. Potentially a bit of switcheroos with Brandon Smith and Christian Welch in the um, the run-on side, but otherwise business as usual. Um, Cam Smith, an absolute monster. Um, still not in a lot of teams. Yeah. Well, it's very pricey. And we've all got Coruscant and Grant and maybe maybe other hookers. I think he got McInnes last week, so... Mm. Yeah, it's, it's strange people not having Cameron Smith this year and um, getting caught out when he has a massive game like he did uh, against the Knights. Um, it's it's always the big three we talk about for them in fantasy. Munster's always plugging along with 50s and 60s, got 55 on the weekend. And, uh, and Pappenhausen's still a little underwhelming, 39 points. Um, I still think he's a hold. His break-evens in the low 40s, I think, so... Um, the Storm have had a pretty tough start to the season in terms of fixtures, so he hasn't had any easy beats where it can rack a, a bunch of tries or anything. Um, not that their draw is um, gets that much easier. I think they've got one of the trickier draws in the comp, but they will play some easier teams. So 
he can score more then, but I don't know how long you want to wait for a player who mm. seems to score 40 points each, each week when there's guys like Tedesco and Ponger up for grabs. Mm, a lot of people thinking he was underpriced to start the season. He's actually lost money at this point. Like you said, no real yeah. sort of breakout games and, and try hauls and stuff. But um, yeah, one to watch. Uh, Saturday footy mm. kicks off with the Titans and the Dragons uh, up there at Suncorp Stadium. Corey Thompson straight into the starting side at fullback in his first game for the club. Uh, Sammy to wing, Kelly to centre, Copley out. Injured. Um, a couple of the younger, low-end cash cows are probably worth examination. Yeah, Jamal Fogarty got 46. Um, Aaron Clark, I'm not sure what Clark got, but they're both going quite well. 40s, in terms of, uh, 46. Yeah, 40s as well. Um, so, yeah, they're making uh, good money. They're still in the team. It looks like their jobs are pretty secure. That was the big question mark about them. Um, they only need to play you know, six or seven games to probably peak in price. So, so far, so good if you jumped onto either of those. And then um, Footawaker in the front row is the other one. Just keeps getting these big scores. If I didn't have more issues to um, fix in my team, I'd be looking at him. Um, still costs on the 600s, mid 600s. Um, price hitting 55 points a game. Uh, very strong option in the front row. Mm, yeah, another one of those underpriced middles. Um, Clark and Fogarty both with a, a negative break-even this week. Both of them I probably should have got back when I had four trades and didn't use them in, what was that, round four. Yeah. Um, be a bit unachievable now, but uh, people still looking for a bit of a low-end cash down and doesn't mind paying 300000 rather than low 200s. They're um, potentially an option. Uh, they take on the Dragons who are coming off a win for the first time this season. Um, basically unchanged. Uh, Graham and Merrin, I think, swap between bench and starting. Um, Matt Dufty, a massive score, but not really a, um, a fantasy player of note, especially given he's sort of in and out of the team so much. But Cam McInnes, now almost a million dollars. Wow. Yeah, massive game. He um, started slow and then had a huge second half, got that try. Um, starting at hooker again and then playing as a as a lock when Ben Hunt comes on halfway through the first half. So uh looks like he and Hunt can both, you know, play well and score well in fantasy. Um Hunt got a try himself, got sixty points. Um and then what else? Zach Lomax is remarkably consistent still in the centers, gets a lot of tackles for a center, you know, twenty, twenty five tackles a game. Twenty nine in that is great. Yeah, wow. Um did make a few Errors, I think he lost 12 points maybe in demerits all up, but um, still got 42. Um, so he's a hold. I mean, at this point, he's probably a keeper in the centres. You look at all the carnage that's happened. Anyone who scores 40 a game in the centres is probably worth holding mm-hmm. at this stage. So, um, yeah, yeah. Either, either keep a centre or 18th man. Maybe upgrade later on if you've got trades to spare. Was well, it your position, centre, wing, fullback? Uh, potential 18th yeah. man or lower end reserves as, as backs cover for the whole season, you would think. Um, Tyrell Fulmayono, um, I really mm. considered getting him last week. I'm glad I didn't uh, play. Was it 60 minutes, 58 minutes for 17 points? Yeah, there are a few centre options last week people were talking about. You know, he was at the cheaper end and there was uh, Bradman Best for those who didn't get him and then Latrell Mitchell cost a little more and you really got what you paid for in that uh, in that bargain. Latrell killed it. Best had a good game and then for a moment I did very little unfortunately. So, I mean there's still time for him to start hitting 40s which is what you'd expect in that role but yeah, it was way off it. Yeah. On, uh, 
starting again this week, but he'll need to up his involvement. It wasn't. He did have a few demerits. I think three missed tackles and one penalty for eight points lost. But even that would only be 25 points scored in 58 minutes. So he's really yeah. going to need to um, pull his finger out. The second Saturday game, West Tigers and the Cowboys at Campbelltown Stadium. Um, Tommy Talau, we thought might be a good cash cow this week. Uh, apparently he's battling an injury. He's not in the 21, which is otherwise pretty similar. A few tweaks on the bench. Garner's back for, um, for Chris Lawrence, who's out of the team. And uh, Matt Eisenhuth comes in, who, as a non-Alex Twile owner, I'm hoping might take some minutes off Alex Twile, but doesn't seem likely the way that that machine's going. We thought it may have happened last week, and he still played the full game. I think Twile got another... 73 points. Um, yes, he's another player who is uh, killing it in the middle. Um, Tommy Talau, it's a bit unfortunate he's not there this week. He was looking pretty promising as a, uh, a cash guy. Got 39 points, I think half a dozen tackle breaks, decent metres, 140-odd metres. So without any huge attacking play, he's still got a, a good score, which is a good sign. He's available at the centre. You know, it was all kind of adding up, but now he's not there this week. So I think he's a, he's a no-go. Um Otherwise, Harry Grant, still good. Some people captured him last week and he didn't quite um, mm. post a Haas-like score, but still got about 60. I mean, if you needed him because he didn't have Haas or Tamalolo, then 59 odds, not, you know, it's probably it's been spoiled this year and to an extent last year, but it's still pretty handy. Um, they take on the Cowboys and I've got to say, I think it might be hammer time. I think it is hammer time. The the one thing with Talao is that he was the um, alternative to getting uh, Miso Tabui Fido, uh, who uh, had a very good debut for the uh, Cowboys last week, started on the wing, moved to fullback when Val Holmes got injured after about five minutes, um, set up two tries, got 40 fantasy points. He's uh, fullback again this week. Um, I'm not sure if Holmes is going to miss more than one week, but mm, it's know. short term. So if he's not back next week, it'll probably be the week after. But I guess if you get uh, if you get the hammer, then you want Val Holmes to kick up, kick his feet up for uh, as long as possible. Ideally, a few weeks yeah. off. Um, um, such a natural football player. Hopefully, um, I mean, we, we talked previously about punting on teenage wingers in fantasy but hopefully um, a couple of games at fullback really blows the cobwebs out and he keeps that spot on the wing and continues to keep his involvement high and keep busting tackles and getting involved in the uh, attacking side of the stats. Yeah as we talked about him a bit last week he is he is uh, naturally a fullback uh, unlike someone like Talao he's not really I think he had two tackle breaks maybe in that game but um but he's really elusive. His uh, playmaking is quite good. Um, a couple of good passes to set up tries and score tries himself. So, um, yeah, lots of good signs there. The Cowboys' draw is not great, I think. Um, the, the Tigers this week is a winnable game, and then they've got, I think, six of the top eight teams they play in the next six weeks. So it might be tougher for um, the Hammer to get many uh, huge attacking plays, but um, still, he's very cheap. Lots of potential. Good cash down option this week. Certainly a gamble. What about Scott Drinkwater? Is it time to flick him? Absolutely. Wish we did it last week. Yeah, I wish we did it last week. 22 points. Yeah. So. Just need more trades. <laughs> run out by about round 12. Yeah. Anyway, the third Saturday game, the Roosters and the Eels. Roosters coming off a very convincing win against the Canterbury Bulldogs. James Tedesco. There's a guy I wish I could afford. Mm. Usually I start with Tedesco every year. Mm. Um, and Same. this year, money was tight. So 
I didn't. And now I'm not going to have him for weeks and weeks, I think, because his price is going to uh, rocket up. It's already quite high. He got 111 points, so it's going to keep going for a while. Um, I'm just going to hope that he gets a 30 or a 20 somehow in the next few weeks for his price to level out a little bit. Um, but, you know, kudos if you've got him. This is why he's the best winger fullback in fantasy. Mm. Um, Angus Crichton, real deal. Are we worried about mm. Mitch Orbison coming back into the 17 at some point and taking his minutes? Or? So I think Orbison, did Orbison come off the bench in that Bulldogs game? Good um, it still didn't slow him down. He got 24 minutes. Yeah, a couple of tries. Yeah, Crichton still got 80. Played 80 minutes and. Yeah, got a big score. 82. Um, yeah. Yeah, a couple of 80s, I think, in a row in the last two games. So, uh, yeah, he's killing it. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good back rowers these days. He's only in like 2.5% of teams or something, right? So, um, will definitely would definitely be a point of difference if you get him, but I don't know. I'm still not sure if I mean, would push for him ahead of guys like Twile or Yo. He might still yeah, be a bit cheaper. Fair few attacking stats, although he's, I think his base is still getting him close to 60 points a week. But, um, yeah, he's scoring uh, like a madman. They take on the Eels, who um, got out of jail a little bit against Penrith last week. The only change is Kane Evans missing a game suspended. Oregon Kafusi into the 17. Um, my guy, Mitch Moses, still scoring pretty well. Ryan Madison, for anyone who had him, uh, another great score. And uh, Dylan Brown, I don't know if people punted on. I think we talked about him last week, putting up some handy scores. Would have been better than 45 if he did get sinbinned in the last second of the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he's been really good. Um, it is kind of keeper-level scores from Brown, which I'm a bit surprised by. But if they keep winning, I guess it's going to keep happening. Um but it's pretty much those three guys. Browns, I think price would still be going up. The other two are, are basically, they cost what they're going to cost. So if you can get a gun, then get them. But I don't think there's any other big money makers in that team at the moment. Really? Yeah, it's um, pretty stock standard. Um, Sunday afternoon footy, the Raiders and the Sea Eagles. I'm looking forward to this game. Um, Canberra were, I mean, they got the job done against West Tigers last week. Got a few changes this week. I think Ricky Stewart talked post-game about a bit of a rotation policy. And um, so it comes to pass. Corey Hall's brother, Horse, is back um, from illness in the lock role. Hudson Young back from a long eye gouge ban on the bench. Dunamis Louie dropped, which will be interesting to almost no one, but was interesting to me because I think he's played every game since um, the start of 2018. So two and a half years, he hasn't missed a game for Canberra, but he's, uh, he's getting a rest this week. Um, Bailey Simonson out of the 17 with Jordan Rupp taking uh, precedence on the wing. What do you got for the Raiders? Again, it's kind of um, mostly same-same. So Horsburgh's been great. Um, I don't know if he's a buy if you haven't got him already. Um, Jack Whiten. Yeah, Jack Whiten. Ditto had a big game, 71. Um, once in a while, he gets these try-scoring games and racks up the tackle breaks. Don't know if he's quite a keeper in the halves, but um, yeah, can have big games on his day. Joe Tapene scoring well as well. Um, yeah, not much else in terms of uh, fantasy stuff this week. It is interesting though if we do see teams start doing a rotation policy, especially with forwards in the second half of this season. Mm. We're already struggling with injuries and trades. And is if that starts happening, it's going to really um, put the cat amongst the pigeons a bit in the run home. So uh, that'll be one to keep an eye on. Mm. Remember when Jared Croker was one of the best centers in fantasy? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been, it's been a while. 19 <laughs> points. 
I can't. Right. I'm only he's in thirteen percent of teams. I don't know how many of the um the top teams would have bothered with him. Nah. But, uh, he's a very yeah. popular player in general. Yeah. But I still feel like he's playing yeah. well, but he's just not getting those you still get a lot of He's not breaks. a he's not a yeah, he's not a tackle break merchant or mm. you know, if he's not scoring tries and kicking a lot of goals, he's not gonna get massive scores. Yeah, anyway, that's all. Don't have Jared Croker. Okay. The Eagles are missing Marty Tapao and Moses Suli due to various thumb and or finger injuries. Brendan Elliott in at centre. Um, Fenua Blake, who was on the bench last week, back into the starting side. And Curtis Sirinan returns from injury. A um, couple of guys scoring pretty reliably. None of them really scoring like monstrously well. DCE's got like 60-ish pretty much every game since we've been back. Yeah, that includes um, you got to try in that game and still got to 61. Um, we've been waiting for him to get some attacking stats to get that really big game, and it still hasn't happened, even though he got that try. Uh, and ditto Tom Trevojevic, 35 points with two tries. Mm. It's not great. It's um, We did talk it's... about <laughs> uh, a few weeks ago when he had that monster game with mm. two tries and three assists, and they got... Just having a look, he got 72 points, which mm. we said on the podcast, you know, maybe you, you want 100 points from, from that kind of game. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, now without those, those huge stats, he's getting 40s and 30s. So um, it's a funny one. He's obviously a superstar player. I think he's leading the Dally M's this year. He's getting a lot of assists, scored three tries, but um, he's not getting heaps of tackle breaks like the best um, mm. scoring fullbacks do. So Zero um, on the weekend. Really, Sorry? Zero busts. No busts yeah. at all in that game. Yeah. Just run it hard, Tommy. <laughs> Stop being clever with these. Uh, we, don't, we don't want all these tries. Just like knock people over when you're... You're enormous. Stop passing exactly. the ball forward and just smash into blokes. <laughs> I need you, Tommy. Um, anyone else? For Manly? Not really. Jake Trevojevic really. has been well and truly superseded by some of these other middle forwards. I think so. People are saying he's good value now, which I guess he is, but... Yeah, these, these other medals who are getting 60s on a regular basis. Definitely. Uh, the last game of the round, the Sharks up against the Bulldogs. Sharky's pretty disappointing against the Dragons. Um, they've signed Bryson Goodwin and Nene McDonald. Um, Nene McDonald apparently a few weeks away while he gets his uh, fitness up. Uh, Goodwin is in the extended reserves. Um, so otherwise, there's not really much in the way of team changes, maybe some tweaks around the forward pack. Um, Fantasy-wise, nothing too exciting, I don't think. Yeah, just the, the money makers are still making money. Uh, Toby Rudolph, another 40 points. Um, Will Kennedy's still sticking around with Moylan in the uh, reserves. Uh, he's made 160 grand, I think. So he's been a very good uh, pickup at the start of the year for those who gambled on him. Um, I think, did Sean Johnson have a good game yeah, points-wise last week? Yeah. Yeah. So he's got a couple of 70s this year. I don't know if anyone's gambling on him in the halves, but um, he's one of those kind of lower-priced players. He's been a great fantasy scorer in the past, so mm. one to watch. And uh, Blake Braley, pretty close to a sell, made a few more dollars on the weekend, but it's just about topped out. Um, yep. Bulldogs tried hard against the Roosters, but pretty much just got um, avalanched, which is uh, definitely a word. Uh, Aiden Tolman's still out. Remus Smith back. Nick Meany drops out. Jake Avrillo moves to the wing. A couple of tweaks in the forward pack. Um, don't think you want too many Bulldogs in your fantasy side. 
Not really. Um, Avarillo is still uh, popular because he's uh, still very cheap after his first okay score of the year, 36. Um, again, I've seen people talking about buying him. He's going to go to the wing this week, so I wouldn't be stunned if his uh, price drops. I mean, if his scoring drops down again this week. Will Hopper White is the only one I'd be watching at this point. Um, started at centre at the start of the year, went back to fullback. He's he scored 100 before at fullback. Um, I think he averages 40 or 45. Uh, his price is still dropping. He could be one who does a Latrell and starts pumping out some big scores and you can get him for a bargain, mm. uh, especially because he plays centre uh, or winger fullback, I'm pretty sure, in fantasy. So if you want him as a centre, it's an option, a bit of a gamble because he's... You know, he didn't get a big score on the weekend or anything, but um, could be a gamble that pays off. Mm, potentially want to watch. Let's get stuck into some questions, shall we? Quite a few this week. I wonder if they're all about centers. Start off with uh, Dylan, who, yep, here we go. He's got Capewell and Stags. I'll be selling both of them. He's looking at Latrell and Tom Turbo, or should he get um, a cheapie such as Clune or Aaron Clark and upgrade the other one to James Tedesco? Well, it's a, it's a tough one. If you get Latrell and, and Turbo, you're getting two keepers, I guess. So you save a trade in that mm. uh, that way. Whereas if you get one of these cheapies, Clark or Clune, uh, you're going to have to trade him again later. So it costs you an extra trade, but you do get Tedesco, who's definitely a fantasy superstar. Latrell you know, could flop or be inconsistent. Tom Trebojevic has been a bit inconsistent already. So, mm. uh, so I don't know if you, if you've burned, if you used every possible trade, then maybe start conserving them and get keepers. So do the first one, but if you've got a few spare trades that you haven't used, maybe go plan B. Mm. What do you think? I mean, bearing in mind Tedesco is already very expensive, but I think I prefer the second one. You get the, um, the cheapie in to build a bit more bank which is going to be important at the back end of this year with the way all the prices are skyrocketing i'll be leaning i think towards the second one maybe clune and tedesco um blake Ritchie writes in if i have harry grant and happy coruscant do you think it's a good idea to sell one if it allows you to go from pappenhausen to teddy or ponga um there's no way i'd be selling either of those hookers no that's just moving you know selling someone just to move the scoring around in your in your team you know you're losing 50 60 point players to get another one so very sideways. Yep, don't do that. Um, Kiwi stats man, should I go uh, Kirk Capewell and Jeremy Marshall King to Teddy and Avarillo or anyone else under 270k? I assume anyone means uh, could be a bench open position spot. Um, mm. Option B is to straight swap Capewell to Latrell. Uh, well, firstly, I wouldn't get Avarillo personally. No. Get. Um, Get uh, the hammer or get one of these other guys we're mentioning, Clark Clune. Yeah. Um, or maybe they cost a bit more. Um, and what was the other part of that question? Well, does he make two trades in which case he's getting rid of Jeremy Marshall King? So I think do the two okay. trades because you don't want Capable yes. or Jeremy Marshall King. Um, yeah. See, so yeah, I'd do that. Just get um, Teddy and then maybe the hammer. Yeah, why not? It's fun to watch at least. Problem solved. Uh, Paul yep. Burns says, who is more important to sell first out of Pappenhausen or Drinkwater or both? I think we would both say Drinkwater. Yeah, Drinkwater first, definitely this week, and then Pappenhausen in the weeks to come if he doesn't get a big score. Yep. Uh, Ryan Burgess is back, has uh, Capewell, 
still got Jamil Hopawadi and also Drinkwater. Um, who do I trade them out for and which two do I trade first? No cover for centre or wing fullback. <laughs> well, uh, Drinkwater is going to, I think, start losing money. So that's, I guess, a consideration, whereas Capel and Hopawadi won't play this week, so won't lose money. Then again, Capel um, is the most valuable of those guys. So mm. and you're not going to keep him for any reason. So you may as well trade him and, and get as good a play as you can get um, and get a dual position center wing fullback to cover that. So mm. uh, Latrell, Hopawadi, maybe best if you've missed him. I don't know. He's pretty yeah. expensive now. Uh, I mean, there's a few of those guys. Yeah, if you need the score this week, you can keep drink water for a game. I think break even's in the 40s, who's not going to drop too much. Yeah. Potentially go up a little bit if he um, finds some attacking stats. So, Capewell and uh, drink water, if you don't need the score, Capewell and Hopwadi, if you do, get a cheapie like a Hamiso or, or similar and try and get a, a proper keeper, whether it's a Latrell or, or someone like that. Um. Who else we got? Captain Jack has stags in Capewell, like quite a few other people do. Um, any thoughts? Doesn't really have any options. I guess same as the last question then. Get a um, yeah. cheapie and a keeper, a hammer and a latrell or a... Um, yeah, unless you've got a lot of spare cash, then you can get two keepers. Yeah, um, yeah cheapie and a keepers later. I think so. Uh, Kaya Snell, uh, is Raymond Vitale and Mariner someone to consider for someone like Luciano Leilua, who's starting to peak? Um, I'm going to say no, just because even though he dropped cash at the start of the year and he's starting to improve, he's not going to make enough to be a cash cow and not going to score enough to be a keeper. Yeah, exactly. Um, you want to get one of those real elite scorers if you're um, selling Leilua or you, you get someone really cheap and upgrade someone else. Mm. Um, that seems a little sideways going to Fitella Mariner when there's these guys scoring 60s every week. Uh, Dexter Gravenstein um, wants to know what's going on with Paul Momorowski. He's still holding him in his draft team. Um, Doesn't look like he's uh, getting a run. Yeah, the Storm are quite happy to play. Mm. The two centers they already had. So, yeah, I think he's a backup at Melbourne. Yeah, I think he's waiting for uh, for injury, unfortunately. Another Leilua mm. question. Cano writes in with uh, Luciano's price rises slowing um, and potentially out for a week. He has been named, but troubled by injury, so keep an eye on late mail for that one. Uh, is it worth trading him to get a DCE or a Cleary to pair with Mitch Moses or um, and have Katoa in the 13? I assume is Elieso, who I'd be putting in the 13 anyway. Um... No rush on Leilua. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's averaging, I think, 50 for the season or pretty close to it. He's got a few high 40s in the last few weeks. Got some tries in the early rounds. Um, yeah, his price is slowing down. He's got another 30 or 40, maybe 50K to make. Will be more if he gets a big score. But yeah, so no urgent need to rush him out. Um, yeah, I don't know if this is the week to get Cleary. I think his price might drop a little. Oh, I don't know. We had one bad score, but two really good scores, so maybe not. Mm. Um, yeah, he's someone I'll be upgrading at some point, Leila. Mm. But I think your team's going very well if you're affording to, if he's the guy you're going to trade out this week. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, Kenny Mack writes in, what do you think of trading Val Holmes and Kurt Capewell to Talau and Cleary? I suspect this was potentially just before team list dropped and the Talau yeah. news was, let's, let's pretend that says Hamiso rather than Talau, um, was tossing up between, oh, was tossing up between Talau and Hamiso. There you go. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't mind Holmes and Capewell out 
Hamiso and Cleary in. Yep. Yeah, good moves. Good moves. I like it. Uh, Johnny Leary writes in, um, like many, has some issues in the centres and backs. Capewell and Drinkwater, should they be sold for Turbo and Latrell or for Teddy and the Hammer? It's a bit of that same um, to sort of decent yeah, keepers exactly. or the primo keeper and the cheapy. Yeah, very similar to the other one. So what do we say? We said Teddy and the, and the cheapy? I think so. As a turbo owner, I'm getting quite frustrated with the playing quite well and not scoring to match. This the, is the thing. I, I wouldn't be surprised with yeah, Latrell or Turbo get a 70 or a 30 on any given week. Um, whereas Tedesco did get a 30 in round one, but can also get 100 and usually gets 50s or 60s. He just got so many tackle breaks. So yeah. if you can get Teddy, I would do it. Yeah, and I mean, Hamiso at fullback this week, you'd think could be able to produce another 40-odd. Um, not necessarily going to get two tries this a game, but I think mm. he's a good enough scorer to, to find ways to get 40-ish at and with, Yeah, and we think he's at least sticking around the wing after this. So if he gets a few good scores yeah. now and then makes a few good scores, then gets back to 20s and 30s or whatever with the occasional try, that's, that's enough to get mm. price rises. Exactly. Um, who else we got? White Air is coming off a score of 1,053. I don't know why you need advice, but um, also undefeated. Well done in your league success. Thinking of Braden Williami to, to Boy Fido and possibly cashing down drink water to another cheapy, at least trades worth it, or should I preserve them while my team is going well? It's not a bad question. I think it's probably still the time of year to be snapping up a few cheapies if, you've, um, if your trades aren't too dire. Yeah, there aren't that many... Cheapies around this week that are apart from Tobias Fido, um, that are proper cheap. But um, yeah, I mean, personally, I kind of think no matter what your position in the league is, you should be more planning for what your team's going to look like in the run home, you know, in finals time in your head to head league. So, yeah. so it's more about that planning, trying to have an idea of what you want your final team to look like and how much money you need to raise to be able to afford it. So get whatever cash goes you can when you can. Both those guys are sells, Willie Army and Drinkwater, so you may as well. Although you could sell yeah. one for to buy Fido and, and keep the other one until a better cheapie emerges if you don't want to grab a Clune or a Fogarty or a Clark or any of these sort of guys. Yep. Um, who else we got? Excessive artists. Should I trade out Pappenhausen Stags for Ponger and the Hammer? Don't mind it. Yeah, it's quite good. Like yeah. I mean, obviously what we said about I'm, Pappenhausen. I'm keeping Pappenhausen myself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Good options. Uh, Andy Tomlinson is thinking about splurging on Tedesco, which means taking a um, a red dot in the centres. I mean, if it's very short term, if it's this round and you don't care about your head-to-head -head that much or your score, then maybe you know, if you can guarantee you get a replacement next week. Short of that, I wouldn't do it. Um, I, for instance, can't afford Tedesco this week unless I do something crazy. Um, like burning a, a spot in my team and I'm not going to do that um, because at some point Tedesco is going to be affordable if you play your cards right and get the right cash cows. So just because you got a hundred last week doesn't mean he's going to do that every week and you need to buy him right now. So mm. I wouldn't do it personally. Uh, yeah, me either. Um, D Jeremiah, is Ken McInnes still worth picking up? Well, he's certainly scoring uh, like someone you Absolutely. want in your team. He's almost a million. He's almost as much as Payne Haas now. I think 991. He's up almost 100 grand for the year and something like 40 grand just on last weekend. He actually started quite slow. I was a bit worried because I bought him last week and I thought I'd broken him and then he obviously came good. 
in the end, but um, surely you can't keep getting 80s every week. Yeah, it might not be the, again, might not be the best time to, to do it. Ideally, you buy buy low, sell high, rather than buy when players have peaked. But, um, but he's obviously a keeper this year. He was last year. I think even if he, I mean, the try helped a lot, but even if he keeps this role of um, mostly a middle forward rather than a hooker, he's still going to score well. Still very busy for the Dragons. So, yeah, good buy at any time. I'm not sure if this is the best week for it, but certainly at some point this season. Um, question about something I hadn't really considered. Declan Horn says, is Sione Mataria a potential buy in the centres? Uh, he made over 50 tackles last week. Uh, what's doing with Fitzgibbon and Barnett? Well, Fitzgibbon's back this week and Sione's still in the starting side. Um, yeah, so he's ahead of um, Adam Guerra, at least, in that pecking order. Barnett's still to come back soon. So that might change things. Um, but yeah, he is, we talk about, um, we have talked about Capel being the only real, you know, second row available at centre, but it's not true. Sione's there as well. Um, it's his first really good score, that the 66 against Melbourne before that he got 42 and 30, which is nothing to write home about for a second row, but for a centre, it's still pretty solid. So mm. I don't know. I mean, he's cheaper than um, Zach Lomax, for instance. Um, and capable of, you made 53 tackles on the weekend, which Lomax isn't going to do. So I can see the, yeah. the potential there. The Knights do have a lot of forwards though, so good either yeah. go back to the bench. Or, I think his spot's probably okay. I don't think Barnett tips him out of the starting side. I think he's going to be a big minute back rower regardless of who else is available. But that 66, 53 tackles and none missed is, um, is right out of the box, I think, for um, what we expect. Yeah from him. I mean, the week before was 68 minutes, 28 tackles, four missed 60 metres gains. Probably a bit more close to what we're going to expect going forward. So, a bit of a risk. And if you, ex- yeah, and if you expect the Knights to, to win a lot of games this year, they seem much improved, then their edge forwards aren't going to make 50 tackles that often, I would think, like they did against Melbourne. Mm. Um, Dave Olivetti, friend of the show, writes in, who's the best cheapy to replace the injured Kurt Capewell? Um, Davo, I, I still think I think it's probably the hammer. The hammer. It's hammer time. Depending on your team structure and who you can move around, if you've got him at centre and you have to get a centre, then it's a bit more problematic. <laughs> yeah, well, that would have been to allow that he's out. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know if there is. Is there a quality cheapy? Abarillo's not it, I don't think. No. I hope we're not jinxing true. the hammer with all this praise this week. Yeah, I mean, bear in mind, hammer's still a huge risk. Um, yeah, nothing at centre, I don't think. Um, interesting one from Mr. Shark, who says, cash cows make no sense. They're allowing anyone with no skill or management ability to be competitive. There's less incentive to be great, more emphasis on luck. In the stock market, the market decides the value in an IPO, which is an initial public offering. It should be up to the fantasy players to decide the price on a new debutant. What is the market willing to pay for this player? Well, let's unpack that. Right. Yeah, good feedback. Have you, um, got, have you got many answers to that? I don't really have an answer. I think the simple answer is that um, technically that would be probably almost impossible to implement. Um, fantasy has similarities with the stock market, but it's uh, it's not the stock market. And um, I think it's also fair to say that with cash cows moving in price from day one and very little uh, idea of how they're going to go, there's still a lot of uh, judgment and skill involved in, in getting the right ones. Um, I do like the idea of the market setting the value, but it just, you couldn't do it. Yeah. 
a little complicated. And I think if it was, there was no skill involved, then everyone would have the same teams and yeah. be doing very well. I'd suggest there's a fair bit of skill and research involved. Otherwise, what are we doing here? <laughs> uh, it's almost the end of the questions. Uh, late one in from Joseph Mayota. More Capewell and Drinkwater action. Um, it's basically the same answer. You got looking at Clune and a gun forward like Twile or Yo. I think that could be the way to go. Capewell and Drinkwater to Clune and one of those two. Twile maybe? Yep, like it. Both good. Yeah, both good. Twile's about to be dual position, which is probably gives him the edge. Yeah, true. Good point. After excellent. It's the end of the questions, which were mostly about Capewell. Um, I too have that same conundrum, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes this week. Yes, I'll be selling him as well, and I'm not entirely sure who for. Yeah. I'll find out soon. I could put Lamax back in my starting side, so I can just get the hammer and then, I don't know, I'll do the other one. Definitely making two trades, though. Yeah, I've got I've got best I can put there. I've got Lamax, get Latrell. Who knows? I'll leave it late. Could use a week with no uh, injuries or shock team picks in the centres to dismantle my team for once. Maybe next week is that week. Fingers crossed. We'll keep waiting. Anyway, thank you for your time once again on the Inner Fantasy Podcast. We will be back this time next week to break down some more teams. We'll see you then.